Uh, good to see you, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for uh, for coming together today. Uh, today is a uh, a unique day. Um, we are. Um, uh, this is a time of season. For if you're new with us, uh, today's message is a little different. We are in the middle of a budget season, so today is when our partners uh, vote on our budget. Um, they've received the email, received the budget. Um, we're in the middle of a series called God and the Good Life, uh, looking at philosophy uh, of what does it mean to be a community that pursues beauty and meaning and connection and justice, and what does it look like to live this, like, what is the good life that we're invited into? Um, so I'm going to attempt to kind of weave, like, direction of the church, budget meeting, and series into one message. So um, be a little challenging, but rather than having a budget meeting after this, basically we're going to have it built into the sermon um, and uh, we will have questions afterwards. So just know that uh, we usually don't talk about the budget in a sermon. Um, so just if you're new here, this is unique. Uh, uh, with that said, uh, Stanley is going to read scripture for, for us today. Give it up for Stanley, everybody. Hello. Oh, there we go. Okay. No, you're good. So, I wasn't planning on outing myself today, but uh, uh, I'm a gay man, and uh, I have to say that, uh, you know, when I came out to my parents at age 25, uh, my father, who I'd had issues with for most of my life for a variety of reasons, uh, surprised me and taught me something about God that uh, that I didn't know. And uh, what he said was, I'm so sorry. I-, I wish I could take things back. I'm sure there's a lot of things I've said that must have really hurt you. I wish I could take those things back. And, you know, the church has historically offended gays, but people who have an experience with God uh, don't have that offense. You know, there's thousands of people at the gay gay pride parade today that their hearts are after the Lord, and the Lord is after their hearts. And they don't know that they've had an experience with Him, or they've had an experience and they're trying to deny it, but God works in mysterious ways. We all know that. And uh, anybody that has an experience with God doesn't. Hold a grudge. Like, is the situation with the, between the church and gays in many people's lives. Uh, because uh, the church does a lot of things. But uh, God, uh, as we know, His ways are not our ways. And uh, He does things differently than we do. The scripture is Mark, what is it, 4? 30 through 32. Again, he said, what shall we say to the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that birds can perch in its shade. 
the word of the Lord. Thank you for taking a risk and using your voice, Stanley. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so we're going to dive in. Uh, let me pray for us one more time, and, and we'll jump into the message. God, we, we thank you for this morning. Um, we thank you for what you've already done, what you're doing. We thank you for your spirit hovering over us as a community. Um, we pray for uh, listening and discerning ears of how you're at work and what you're doing. Um, we pray that this church would would be your church, uh, not something for our name or our glory or be cool or be something that a, a projection of what we want it to be. We pray that your glory would be made known through this community, that your fame would be, that Jesus' name would be proclaimed uh, loud and clear, as Stanley said, that though the, the many would say, see their, the, a mystical union with you. Um, so much so that there's nothing that can shake them. Um, we know that we all go through seasons of, of doubts and, and all that's good, um, but we also know that, God, you never leave us even when we walk away. Uh, you never, <laughs> you're, the, you're the one who chases us down. You, you, you walk with us as we walk away from you. And that's just a beautiful picture that you never leave us nor forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so um, what I want to do today is I want to um, cultivate your imagination for what our church could be. Um, imagination is so important. If you can't imagine what this church like, could look like, like that, that's important for us, for you as an individual to shape your imagination for what your life could be like in Chicago. Um, I think it's very important post-pandemic to practice that, to practice what could my life look like, what is the good life for me here in Chicago. Uh, and so I want to talk about what it means to be rooted in place here in Chicago. Uh, and I want, to, I want to talk about what it would look like as the church. Um, so if you're a linear person today, uh, I'm going to have a couple of metaphors. And you're kind of like, why so many metaphors? We get it with the metaphors. I, I just want your imagination um, to, work, to work on your imagination so you don't just see things the same. Um, I, I, want, I want your imagination to kind of to, to move a little bit today rather than just telling you here's what's happening with our church. Um, and I think about who's in the room, and I'm just so encouraged. Like, when I pray for us, I'm just kind of like, let's do this. Like, you know, we still got this. We're still here. <laughs> it's, uh, after, after it's been a hard run um, after the pandemic, but we're still here. Some of us are going to go down swinging with style and smile, all right? So we're, we're in this together. We're fighting for this community together. We're fighting for the church to be the church for generation to generation to come. So um, I pray you would, you would get caught up in, in, in God, I pray, let me just pray for us. I pray you would one more time just, um, we want to get caught up in what you're doing in history. We want it to be for your name. We want it to be for your glory. Do something in our midst that only you could do, God. Um, not that any, not that someone could walk away and be like, oh yeah, I know, I know Brian or I know these leaders and there's no way you could have done that through that individual. Like only God, nothing less than God. Please do that in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so last year, we put out two metaphors to kind of capture like our heart as a church in the season. Um, uh, Suzanne mentioned one, which was this phrase of church for the one and not the 99. This comes from Luke 15, where Jesus is uh, the, the shepherd who's going after the lost sheep that's by themselves. Jesus is a woman who's chasing down this lost coin. And Jesus is a father who's going after their way, his wayward son. It's this picture of us being a church that's not concerned about growing the masses, 
uh, but we're concerned about being a interdependent community that is a safe haven for those who feel who are homeless as a spiritual person. Um, so if you look at this um, image, just a real, if you've never heard the logo explained, um, we had this logo done. We had a couple of graphic designers in our community um, and pitch us several logos. And a lot of them, like, we didn't want the, like, touristy logo with, like, the Chicago skyline turned into a cross. <laughs> and it's like, um, like, every church in Chicago. So we were like, how do we, like, communicate what we are and who we are? And this was a very smart logo. Um, I would say it's, like, very smart. Sometimes I have problems with it because it feels a little too smart. Um, but uh, the point is, is like Jesus's cross in the center, like, and these two symbols, one is the Chicago star, uh, and the other is the city municipal device. So if you ever go into the Chicago theater, behind the Chicago theater, you see that symbol right there. Uh, if you look at the sewers all over Chicago, you see that symbol. If you go to the park district, you see that symbol. It's a historical symbol. And to me, it's like no one would know that unless you like live here for a long, long time. Um, so it kind of communicates our heart as a church. We love Chicago. We absolutely love this, love this city. And I, I get emotional because all of us could leave the city. There's so many reasons to leave the city. I mean, like the weather just is like an abusive relationship. It's like you keep, you keep beating me down and I keep coming back to you for more. We're refined by fire. So there's so many reasons to leave this city. But you're here and you're here. Now, I know some of you are going to move. Like we have some people we're going to pray for today that are moving away. Um, we have people that are here that actually helped start this church, by the way, that moved. Um, some of you are going to move, but while you are here, I want to talk about what it means to be rooted and to have know, like your niche, know your, your ministry, know what fulfillment looks like for you. And so uh, we love Jesus and we love Chicago. Next slide. Um, and this image of church for the one, not the 99, uh, you could you think of this in terms of this image of the circle being the church and that we feel like we're a church that's for those, that, that darker circle is those who are thinking of leaving the church, uh, those who have been a Christian for a long time and are like, I'm kind of done with the church. Um, and then the, the other circle is those who are like wanting to explore Jesus and explore spirituality. We feel like that's, that's what God has put us here in this neighborhood for. Uh, is to be a church of those who are like, I'm so done with the evangelical church. I've been hurt by the church, um, or I've been, I, I'm here for healing. Um, so healing is a common phrase that people will come. They'll say, um, my church disbanded and didn't tell us, and I don't have a home. You know, so we get a lot of people who feel spiritually, re- like spiritual refugees, if you will. And in the passage that, uh, that Stanley read, there's this beautiful image of the mustard seed and it's this beautiful picture where he says what shall we say the kingdom of God is like or what parable shall we use to describe it it's like a mustard seed this tiny seed which small and all of its seeds on earth yet when planted it grows and becomes larger of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade now I I need to give you some cultural background to like understand why this is so important all throughout Israel and all throughout the Old Testament, Babylon is referred to as a cedar tree, a massive, huge cedar tree. And that represented the empire way of life. We're talking about what is the good life. There's the way of life of the empire, and there's a way of life of the kingdom. And Jesus is kind of being like a really good comedian. He's like, guess what? Like the church, the kingdom of God, it's like this tiny little seed, and when it's full grown, and they're like, oh man, yeah, when it's full grown, what are we going to be, like a cedar tree? He's like, just like a shrub. You're going to be a shrub. And it's like this like, kind of like surprise. 
And I think this is a word for us that as small as we are, we are to be a shade for those who are on the margins that are smaller than us. That we, we are to be this, this shade and, and branch and provide this refuge. Um, later on, Jesus talks about himself as a mother hen who just wants to gather his flock and says that he desires them. So I get this picture of us just providing shade. And so I want to talk about um, what that looks like uh, in, 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 uh, for the rest, rest of the talk for a little bit. And um, I do think it's important to also say with that that um, there's... There, sorry, I want to just grab my notes here make sure I don't skip over something I wanted to say. Um, there's a sense of, like, us having a role to play in that. What is your role to play? Like, what is, what is, the, what is it that, that, that we're to do? Um, Robin Williams in this great movie, Dead Poet Society... Uh, he, he takes his class outside and quotes Walt Whitman. And he reads this poem. He says, Oh me, I'm asking the question, what is life? Answer, that you are here. And life exists and identity and the, pow- and the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. And I just love that. I feel like that, that is for us in this moment. Jesus' church has gone on for 2,000 years and the powerful cosmic play of God's play is going on, his, his theater is going on right now, this drama of tragedy and hope and life and the human condition of what it means to be human is going on right now, and Missio Dei, what will be our verse? Like, what will be your verse? What, what will this place, this community, this church be to us? So imagine, like, the picture of a baton being passed from me to you. What will you do? How will you run your leg of this race? We have living examples to, to learn from this. Um, and I think it is our time to, to pray and build and sacrifice and give, give and root down here. Like, I love these pictures of old churches where you're like, this group of people from 1900 actually physically, with their bare hands, built this church. Now, I'm not going to ask any of us to build a church because we're probably not very good at that. But you have a lot of skills and gifts to use and maybe brain trust and all kinds of gifts in your jobs where it's like, we will roll up our sleeves and we will build this church, right? So how will this happen? Um, how, how, how will this happen? So as I shape our imagination, I want to continue that image of tr- shrubs um, and just talk about trees for a minute. Um, there's uh, Genesis 1 and 2. Tr- there's this beautiful picture um, and what I, want, like, what I want you to think about is how we are like trees. Um, Genesis 1 and 2, trees are made from the ground and the bare fruit. Intentionally, the word is, and then humans were made from the ground, and they are to multiply and bear fruit. We're like trees. And uh, there's then introduced the two trees, the tree of life and the tree of good and evil. A tree that lead, there's a tree that leads to life, and there's a tree that leads to death. That, and we will experience people like this in our life. You're going to experience people that are like trees that lead to life for you. And you're going to experience people in your life that are like trees that exhaust you and lead to death for you. And we are like those trees. The trajectory of trees and humans are alike. Jesus hangs on a tree. And Revelation says the new Jerusalem and the heavens and earth, the leaves of the trees will be like healing for the nations. And I think we're supposed to meditate on this, like as people. Like we're to meditate on how we're like nature and how nature is like us. Um, Psalm 1, 
says the person who meditates on God's word and his ways. So Psalms 1 is kind of describing the human as that Genesis 1 tree of life. It says that, um, go, to, go to Psalm 1 up here, that that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in due season, and whatever they do prospers. So you see that? It's like describing the tree of life in Genesis 2. It seems like that. And then later in Psalms, it says, uh, next slide. I love this verse. It says, um, or Jeremiah, there's a couple more. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Then in uh, another verse in Psalm talks about this, that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will still stay fresh and green. And it's not just talking about, like, having babies. It's like, you're going to—I love that. Like, we, we, as we've got—our church is 10 years old. We are still in our old age, <laughs> fresh and green, right? Like, there's still a freshness and a greenness to what it means to be like a tree. Um, there's this book uh, called The Hidden Life of Trees. Um, I haven't had a chance to read it, but I've been listening to podcasts on it, and it's pretty mind-blowing. Peter Wollobon, I can't say his name right. Has anybody ever heard of this book? Uh, anybody? anybody? No? What, one, two, yep. Um, and uh, it's amazing. He, he says that when the trees get rooted and established in the ground, their root system connects and intertwines making it possible for the trees to communicate to one another. And um, not just communicate, to protect one another, to heal each other. It's beautiful. He writes, when a tree is damaged and it can't like, do its own photosynthesis, other trees are providing nutrients they need so they don't die through their root system. Um, we have a tree in our front yard um, that the city comes and, and like injects, you know, with, because it's, it's dying. It's, it's like part of it's not growing. Um, there's not enough trees around it to, to create this. So I see this every day. I see this tree that I'm like, oh, are you going to die and like fall in my house? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, and it needs, it needs more trees. Like trees need each other. We need each other. And trees create this microclimate. Every tree matters in this ecosystem of trees, and every tree is playing a role. Some plants are like planted in loose soil, some are planted in like stony soil, some are like overly watered, some are dry. They're all planted in different soil. And Peter says when they are all planted in different places, trees synchronize their performance so they are all equally successful. They do that by equalizing the difference between the strong and the weak. Quote, this equalization is taking place under the ground through the roots. And when trees get established and they get rooted, they get interdependent on each other and need each other to survive. So um, we, we want to kind of move in this season of like in, in August and the fall talking about like why church, like why authentic community, what is authentic community? And we want to emphasize community and rootedness for you. And like my heart is not, like, we don't do this because um, it sounds good. We, we don't want to do this because it's financially beneficial to the church, even though we're going to talk about the budget. Um, we call you to it because that is what you need to live the good life here. And I think after the pandemic, we have lost the art of knowing how to socialize. <laughs> like, we've lost the art to say, come on over. We've lost the art of reaching out. 
Um, and being rooted, uh, we, we need to be rooted in a community that brings healing to us when we're hurt, and we need to be rooted in a community that brings healing to others when they are hurt. And being rooted, some of you are here for a long tri- time. You've been rooted here. You're like, I'm rooted here. And you're like, okay, you're a mature tree. It's now time to give back. It's time to share the nutrients you have with those that are coming to get rooted. Um, this only happens if we're, this giving backness is only happening if we're rooted and connected to others that are rooted. Um, so it isn't about your own survival. It isn't even about the ecosystem of the trees. It's about what the ecosystem, if you're following the metaphor, offers to the city. It's what the ecosystem of the trees offers to the rest of the city, the rest of the neighborhoods. That's what it's about. Um, so this is what I want. So we're like these trees. We make up a forest. We're interdependent group of people who root themselves here to create life for a city. We are not here for ourselves. We're not here for the ecosystem. You are not here to get religious goods and services. You are here for what this ecosystem can become and give to others. And we can make this church a kind of place where people from all over receive what forests and trees give people, perspective. They give each other life. Trees give people connectedness to something bigger than themselves ultimately their creator God. So for this to happen, um, we have to rebuild things together. So Isaiah 61, look now, check out how beautiful this is. Isaiah 61 is this beautiful passage, and it says, they will be called oaks of righteousness. Okay, continuing with the metaphor. And then he switches metaphors. A planting of the Lord for this display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. So trees are going to start rebuilding. (laughs) So he's like switching metaphors from like, okay, these, these plants that are then rebuilding the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. And imagine this community coming together. Imagine us being together to dream together more. Imagine us being together to, to pray and experience God's love for us together. And there's no other way than sacrifice and commitment. Um, and, and when I prayed about today, I feel like there's way more dreams in this community than would ever dare, like, match anything that I have to say about what we should do. Um, I learned this mistake really early on in church. Like, I learned that most of my ideas uh, fail. And, um, like, for example, like, one time I had this idea that, like, we were going to give God our 2% of our time. It was like, we're going to give 2%, we're going to have a whole thing of 2%, like not 2% milk, but like 2%, like 2% of your time, that's like one hour a week. If you do the math, that's um, a whole Saturday a month. That's two-week mission trip a year. What does it look like for everybody to do that? Okay, go, do it. Let's talk about it. Who's doing it? And it's nothing. It's like failure, like horrible. Stupid idea, right? <laughs> uh, and so, like, I could sit here and tell you a bunch of ideas of what I think we should, but that, that's not, there has, to be, you, there has to be someone in this community that's championing a dream. What is the dream that you are called to champion? If you're, like, um, having dinner with friends last night, we were just talking about this, like, yeah, like, what do we want? What does fulfillment look like? What is, that's the challenge, right? Discovering and slowing down with God what you want. What is the niche ministry and dream that you want in this city? Um, so I, want, I don't want to like tell you exactly what we're going to do. At the same time, I do want to tell you a few things that are stirring in this community, and hopefully that will help stir your imagination. Um, so let me give you a few things. So I, I kind of want to balance the two. I want to give you a few things that are stirring and then, and then some things that, that 
that are we don't know yet. Um, so example, one is, um, uh, first slide, uh, one is I, I want to do a congregational health survey uh, in August, so this will be a way for us to gather more information of where you are, um, more information of what you're needing, what you're lacking, what uh, really just determine the health of the church. Um, as we, we have, as you'll see, we're, we, the biggest challenge is financial st stability for us, um, which we've never had a problem with up until the pandemic. Um, but uh, we want to do that. Second is we want to uh, think of like there's stirring of people wanting to do Alpha, which is this God-ordained kind of great curriculum that basically says like we want to create a safe place for non-Christians to just explore in a non-judgmental zone, um, to ask questions, to doubt. Um, so John, uh, John Fowler, for example, has brought this up, like, what if we do Alpha again? I'd love to do that. I'd love to be a part of that. So maybe some of you got stirring this, like, desire to invite your friends to a neutral space where they can have a meal, not talk about God at all, just connect, and then have a safe space to disagree with things of the faith or ask questions um, to get into that space. So that's, that's a thing that's been brought up, like, we should do Alpha again. Um, so maybe that's it. Others, uh, there, there's a sense of um, uh, Elizabeth Pierre is, uh, if she hasn't already, she's, we, have, we have like 15% therapist in this church. <laughs> like, um, so we, she has put it on her heart. Again, the dream has come from her uh, to put on a mental health workshops in the neighborhood for uh, this area. So we've asked Artifacts to donate space. We will offer a mental, like three, probably three mental health workshops in this space for uh, reach out to public schools, reach out to the Chamber of Commerce, reach out to the whole area, let them know. Um, probably some will focus on children and teenagers and mental health, others on trauma. Um, but we are going to put on in the fall a mental health workshop uh, here for the community. As, you, as you've been here for a while, you know that that's really important for us. I even think something that I would explore is like even before Alpha, what would it be look like to start um, religious trauma support groups that people that aren't even like ready to ask about Jesus that are just like I just need to heal so that I can know that I'm a spiritual person like so I would what would it look like in 2024 um, like maybe post Easter to have religious trauma support groups for people who've been hurt who just need to heal with no agenda even before they like ask questions of faith just like how do I heal from this um, so that's something on my mind. Maybe that could spin off out of these mental health workshops. Um, we're also, uh, there's a migra migration crisis in Chicago. Um, World Relief is one of our partners. Even this next month, they'll resettle 300 refugees. And that's just refugee, not counting like different immigrants. So uh, Veronica Fowler and I have been ta talking. Um, we are going to um, do welcome kits in the future where we'll bring stuff here and provide welcome kits for refugees as we press into being spiritual ref welcoming spiritual refugees, we also want to welcome physical refugees, actual refugees, people who are running away from war. Um, and so we, we want to do that. Um, there's many other things, like there's people who are passionate about foster care here. There's, who knows, house, maybe houselessness, may, stoke your imagination. Um, but it could be, it, it, I don't know what else. Like there could be like, we need more neutral spaces. Like, so maybe some of you need to, initiate like doing things you love and integrating them to groups in the neighborhood or inviting church people where there's like emergence of friends and like running groups for is a good example or we're going to do a running group on a saturday like there's we need more neutral spaces for us to hang out um and and invite friends um so that's something we need so uh th th that's just an example we're going to also have a town hall meeting in august to just discuss some of this more in depth because this is not the right venue for it so those are some of the things that, that God's put on my mind. Next slide. 
where are we at? Okay, giving. So um, let's go through, I'm gonna go through the budget. Excuse, excuse us if you're new. Uh, we don't talk a lot about money around here. Um, we often forget to even mention to give because most of you give online. Um, usually I, about once every quarter I have a new person ask us how we survive because we don't talk about giving. I'm like, and, and they think we pay a lot of money for the space, which we don't. Um, and so, uh, but I want to talk about giving. So uh, this is our budget update. Um, well, you, if you're a partner, you got this email. Um, we are expecting about 135,000 ties and offerings this year. Um, Damon and I are going to be raising support of expecting around 20,000 this year to come in from that. And then we have written down a savings or expense reduction of 31,000. Um, our savings balance now is about 40,000. So we would, we would be running that really close. And actually, we're, our giving trends um, means that that would run closer to running out of savings in, in the winter, actually, if, we, if our giving doesn't increase um, now. Um, so we are at risk of, of using all of our savings by the winter. Um, so we have our, our expenses are mostly, um, you see, rent for this space is 29K. Um, staff, between support staff, stipend staff, my staff, and insurance, and 129,000. And then total missions, all this is really bare bones, like total ministry, 6K. Uh, central services, we pay an administrator centrally for all of Missio Day, that's 17K. You can, you can get emails on that. Next slide. So all that means is, again, our current savings balance is roughly 40K. Um, 20,000 of savings will come from, ha, ha, we, we received the 20K uh, um, employee retention credit, so we were able to add that to our savings to get that up to 40K. And then um, to balance the budget, giving must increase or we must reduce expenses. And the only expenses to reduce is this space or staff. So we, we're in a place now where we're in a very close decision of like, what do we have to do? Now, I don't want that to scare you. Um, next slide. Because if you really break down the numbers, um, there's, is there another giving slide at all? Or is that it? I forgot it up there. But OK, if you really break down the numbers, I'll just do this from memory. If we had, just hear me out for a second, if we had three new families or three new tithers give 300 a month, if we had five new givers give 150 a month, if we had existing tithers of, say, 10 increase their giving 70 a month and 15 of you increase your giving 40 a month, like, okay, I'm gonna sacrifice like that latte with oat milk that's $10 once a month, once a week, and give 40, $40 extra a month. If we had all that happen, that would average out to 32,000 a year, which when you break it down that way, we are not that far off. Like, we are not that far from being sustainable. We're very close. Um, so like three new families giving 300, five new families giving 150, uh, 15 to 20 people increasing their tithe. Like that, we will be in a, in a basically that would remove all savings spending. And, and then me and Damon raising some support, and we would be sustainable on the support, a little bit of extra support, and no saving spending. That's the goal. Um, so we need, we, we are asking you to pray. Um, to, to what, is that, what does that look like for you? Like, is, we need you to, to build this church, to own this church it, being your church. Like, imagine me passing the baton saying, this is your church. Like, do you want this to be the, do you want this to continue? Like, this is important conversation. We, we need to make it. I don't mean to scare you if you're new. We're not going anywhere. We'll figure it out. I know that. But um, whether that figures, how that figures out is going to be dependent on what this looks like over the next six months. All right, does that make sense? All right, okay, close the 
financial picture for a moment. <laughs> um, so, uh, a couple other things on my mind that I wanted to uh, share with, uh, th- what, what, what does this look like? So one is just dreaming. A couple of things on the response. Um, we put, I put little cards out just because it's helpful for me to get the data and understand where you're at. Um, you can do this online at mdlincolnsquare.com slash rooted. You can f- grab this and fill it out with pen and put it in the offering box at the end of service. But I want to ask you to do a couple of things. And, and I know everybody, just what is your, how will you own this church? Um, how will you be rooted in place? One is we're asking you to pray for the church, like pray for the growth and the health of the church when you walk or take the train. This is already built in for you. So if you walk or take the train to church, just pray on your way. Do a prayer walk. I'm, every Sunday that I come, I'm going to pray for the growth and health of the church. Um, if you drive, pray for the church. I know you might have kids throwing Cheerios at each other. Just like Hail Mary prayer. Like, Jesus, you got this. You know what I mean. And go. You know. um, find a time to pray. Uh, so uh, second, evaluate your current giving commitments. And maybe you have giving commitments at other places. I'm not trying to tell you where to get, but would you pray about prioritizing this community and its sustainability? Like, would you be able to give your, your, your best to, to this community that means something to you? Um, so be praying about that. Um, third, we're asking to kind of stir more of this, like, organic nature of letting those dreams come out. So, like, I want to give, get involved with either, like, the Alpha or, like, a generosity team or outreach team. Like, I want to, we want to create teams. We want to hear, like, where your mind is and begin to have these teams form that can begin to put, like, infrastructure to these goals and these things in our hearts. Um, and then third is, like, I want to offer my skill set and expertise for this church. Like, I, I do marketing, and I, that's my job. I, we've been talking with people with tech that do, you know, online stuff. I just want to offer my gifts. This is what I'm good at. This is what I do. And I want to, like, instead of the hammer thing, I, I don't have, you know, we're not going to rebuild a physical church, but it's like these are the skills that I have that can, can help. Um, and then I would love for, to hear you just write a prayer um, at some point, or um, the big prayer I'll be praying for our church is this. And we'd love to hear, we'd, our elders would love to hear that. Um, so Damon's going to come up um, and lead us as we close. And um, I want to, my heart in this too is, is that, um, that we would be a community of beauty. Like that we would be a community that's not just numbers and, I, you know, this stuff is not my heart. Like, I, don't, I don't like talking about this stuff. Um, like what I love is, it, to, what does it look like for you to live this life that is attractive to others in, in this city? To be rooted, to be a growth. This beautiful picture that I have um, Go watch it sometime. When George Floyd died, Cornell West was talking to Anderson Cooper, who's an atheist on CNN, and and Anderson Cooper just starts crying after Cornell West shares his his like heart. And Cornell West says, Socrates didn't cry, but Jeremiah cried and Jesus cried. And we're connected together, we're in this together. And there's this beautiful moment where he was able just to portray beauty to this atheist of like what a life of faith looks like. Not that you're ever going to be as eloquent as Cornel West. I know that. Um, he's a pretty eloquent guy. Uh, but what would it look like for your life to just have that kind of thing where it's like, gosh, that's beautiful. Like, that's amazing. Um, what, what it, so if you've been rooted here, my, my biggest question for you is like, what is your name, name and fulfill your ministry here? Like, what is that? That might not be 
it might not even be connected to the church. It might be like, it might be raising a family. It might be some niche passion of yours. What is it? How do you name and fulfill your ministry here? That's my heart for you. Um, What does it look like to name it? And very specifically, not just like, I'm here for God's glory. Like, name the ministry that you're here to fulfill and be rooted and and begin to fulfill it. Let's pray. Um, God, we we thank you for this time um, to just pray for our church, to to listen to you. And we want to put down roots here. Um, We don't want to be people who take from our neighborhood and leave when things get hard, but to commit to help create a better, beautiful story. And I pray that you would do that through us that we would be trees rooted, connected, so that we could heal each other, that we could experience growth together, that we can experience um, an ecosystem together that would give back to this city. So God, I pray that we would um, just get caught up in what you're doing, and that we would be stirred by what you're doing, and meet us today. In Jesus' name, amen.